Kia ora, I'm Damien Venuto. It's April 5th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. Jacinda Ardern shocked a sleepy nation at the beginning of the year when she announced that she would step down as Prime Minister and leave Parliament as soon as possible. That moment has now arrived, with the politician this week set to vacate her parliamentary role. All eyes will now be fixed on Ardern's valedictory speech as she bids farewell to the only career she's known. So how will Ardern be remembered? And what type of ex-Prime Minister will she make? Today, NZ Herald's senior political correspondent Audrey Young is on the front page to talk about the legacy of one of Aotearoa's most notable political leaders. Audrey, former Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern announced her resignation in January. What has she been up to since then? Well, very little, I think, and I think that's a good thing. She's been lying low. She came back to Parliament yesterday for the first time and was farewelled by the caucus, but she's deliberately kept a low profile. I think that's been good for Chris Hipkins to give him a free run and clear air. She has, however, done a couple of things semi-publicly that have been noted. She did go to the Hawke's Bay shortly after Cyclone Gabriel, and she also went to the selection meeting to try and get Camilla Balich selected as her successor in Mount Albert. Do you know how much of an impact she's had behind the scenes? I mean, is she still offering an ear or advice to Hipkins, Robertson, or those other politicians that she's been close with historically? I imagine she's been talking to Grant Robertson frequently because she's such a close friend of his. But Hipkins said on Monday, I believe, that he had only talked to her about three or four times. I'm sure she's been available for any questions he's asked, but I don't think she's been putting her oar in, you know, to give him advice where it hasn't been asked for. Now that she has vacated her responsibilities, what happens to her electorate? What's the next course of action? She will be resigning formally from Parliament late on April the 15th, which means the Mount Albert electorate will not have an MP until the election on October the 14th. However, the Labour list MP, Helen White, who does live in the Mount Albert electorate, has been selected to stand for Labour at the election, and I'm absolutely sure that Helen will be carrying out constituency duties as though she were an MP. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. How does it feel to be more popular abroad than it is at home? Again, as I say, my total focus is at home. That's what matters to me. Jacinda Ardern was not a garden variety Prime Minister. Uh, We are talking about an incredible source of strength at home in New Zealand and a source of remarkable inspiration around the world. Audrey, Ardern has a global profile that few other New Zealand politicians can match. So what are some of her career options and opportunities moving forward? The world's her oyster, really. When you look at the record of other former politicians, she's got a hang of a lot to look at in terms of role models. I mean, the UK has got seven former prime ministers. 
Ardern will be one of seven former prime ministers in New Zealand. Australia has seven former prime ministers. The United States has five living ex-presidents, although I think Jimmy Carter won't be with us for much longer. There are all sorts of things that former prime ministers can do, either in the way of big jobs or of getting into private sector work. John Key did that, went on various boards. Or people like Helen Clark, after her huge job at the United Nations, returned home to sort of help take care of her father and set up a policy think tank, which actually, you know, is a really positive contribution to domestic politics. Helen Clark and John Key also have international boards or associations that they're involved with. These people are also probably in heavy demand as speakers at conferences. There's actually all sorts of ways that former prime ministers can play a really positive role in both domestic and global politics. Her presence overseas and her ability to be considered a leader internationally from a little country like New Zealand is actually extraordinary and it's like David Long. hope she has you know, a really enjoyable work to go to and enjoys the rest of her life. Could that be representing New Zealand in some way? Would you support that? I think that we always have to take advantage of people who have overseas clout. Political editor Jason Walls has the news. Ardern's been appointed as the special envoy for the Christchurch Call, an online terror-fighting body that she helped to set up after the March 15th terror attacks. She won't be paid for the role, which officially starts in two weeks. Prime Minister Chris Hipkins says Ardern's uniquely placed to keep pushing forward with the goal of eliminating violent extremist content online. Audrey, you recently conducted interviews with four ex-Prime Ministers in which you asked them for their views on Ardern's legacy. What did they make of her time in office? The one thing they were all agreed on and were very effusive about was her role in after the mosque murders in 2019. And, I mean, nobody could really argue that she just showed tremendous leadership to New Zealand and to the world in that terrible, terrible time. And everyone was extremely complimentary. That, of course, led to the very high uh, global profile that she has, which is, I think is unrivaled. I think in terms of the domestic agenda, it was very mixed. John Key was not especially critical Sir Geoffrey Palmer, a former Labour Prime Minister, was highly complimentary of her and, of course, tried to put it in the context of how her programme, her government's programme, had been completely put off course by the COVID pandemic and was really trying to tell readers how difficult it is for governments to do everything. You know, voters have very high expectations of what governments can do, and there is only so much bandwidth, especially if you're, you know, facing a crisis. Jim Bolger was very critical of her reform programme. He called that shambolic. And he also felt that she hadn't shown enough leadership on race relations issues and felt she hadn't explained that enough and that she had left the country more divided. Helen Clark 
I talked to Helen more about Jacinda's record in foreign affairs. You could say that Helen gave her a pass mark, and it was a very difficult time to sort of juggle the China and US relationship. But the point that Helen Clark made is that it's actually going to be extremely difficult from here on in for any prime minister. I have never led on my own. I have led with a strong, resilient, capable, intelligent team around me. Audrey, there are very few journalists in New Zealand that have had as much insight into the performance and the inner workings of government in New Zealand. So looking back at the moment that Ardern resigned and having now had some time to reflect on her career, what's your assessment on her legacy? I think... You have to distinguish between her legacy and how she will be remembered. Her legacy is something that will remain permanently, and of that, there's not a great deal. I think the two standouts are in child poverty reduction and in climate change. And while she really didn't make the progress she would have wanted in either of those, the legacy is that she absolutely put in place the legislative architecture to ensure that progress will be made by future governments. And I think that's absolutely a sound legacy. How she'll be remembered is quite different, and that might change over time as well. You know, I think she will be remembered so highly for two reasons, for being a young woman taking up the reins of power somewhat reluctantly and very competently to begin with anyway, and also for that amazing leadership she showed during the mosque massacre. I consider every moment, even the hardest of moments, to be a privilege. It's one thing to lead your country in peace times, it's another to lead them through crisis. There's a greater weight of responsibility, a greater vulnerability amongst the people. And so in many ways, I think that will be what sticks with me. I had the privilege of being alongside New Zealand during crisis, and they place their faith in me. I think how she'll be remembered will also be largely determined by what she does with the rest of her life. I think she can choose to have a high profile or a low profile, but in terms of permanent legacies, there probably won't be that many. If you're enjoying this episode of The Front Page, brought to you by the New Zealand Herald, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Recently, we've seen Prime Minister Chris Hipkins backtrack on a range of policies that define the Ardern era of leadership. But is it humiliating for her successor to make a bonfire of some of the ideas that mattered to her? I'm not sure whether she will be humiliated by it. It was a process, don't forget, that she started at the end of last year. I'm giving ministers the summer to go away and look at our legislative programme and different policies to consider. She probably knew going into the end of last year and over summer that she would not be able to continue as prime minister and so wouldn't have to actually ditch those. I don't know, if you actually look at the policy bonfire, I think it's more symbolic than anything because. You know, it's only a dozen or so policies 
for not heart and soul policies. You know, I mean, no one was marching in the streets for the RNZ-TVNZ merger. It's more a symbolic gesture for a fresh start. When you look at it in terms of the number of policies, not really that many. Audrey, when you look at the fact that she did suggest in the latter stages of her tenure that she would cancel some of these policies in the near future due to the cost of living crisis, do you think that her pragmatism is something that we forget about, that we kind of overlooked in the latter stages of her political career? I don't really see that as pragmatism. I just see that as political positioning for an election year, getting rid of some of the issues that were going to be completely distracting in an election year. So the RNZ-TVNZ merger and the hate speech delaying that and the social insurance were going to be real magnets for debate throughout the year when there wasn't really a groundswell for the policies. So you can call it political pragmatism if you like. I think it was very smart politics. Now, Ardern will no doubt have one of the most watched valedictory speeches in recent political history. So what do you expect her to focus on? I think she'll want to get rid of that narrative that somehow she was hounded out of office. I mean, there is no question that she was criticised and overly criticised by extremist elements, and that did become an unpleasant part of, I'm sure, of her job. But I suspect... It wasn't really the reason she left at all. I think she'll want to set the narrative that she left on her own terms. And I think she'll want to also adjust the narrative that the Hipkins government has been burning up her policies, that I think she will want to focus on the things that she was proud of and perhaps talk about New Zealand's place in the world and I imagine that there will be some sort of messages of inclusivity and kindness in there. If I could distill it down into one concept that we are pursuing in New Zealand, it is simple and it is this. Kindness. In the face of isolationism, protectionism, racism, the simple concept of looking outwardly and beyond ourselves, of kindness and collectivism, might just be as good a starting point as any. I guess, given that she has been so quiet since she resigned, her narratives and her stories haven't been told all that effectively, and and that absence has been filled by people talking about her rather than her speaking for herself, right? Well, that was true for the first week, and then I think people sort of forgot about her rather quickly, probably in the sort of surprisingly good start that Chris Hipkins had in the job, and now she's having her say tonight and will be going out with a couple of days having her say and that's kind of fitting and I think she will lie low until the election I doubt whether she'll get involved in domestic debates at all and then over time we'll see her emerge and hopefully contribute to debate and discussion on some of the more important issues that she feels passionate about. Audrey, you do make a good point there because we have seen former Prime Ministers such as Helen Clark and Sir John Key comment regularly on a range of issues while 
says Jeffrey Palmer and Bill English tend to only pipe up on select matters. What kind of XPM do you think Ardern will be, given that she is such an effective communicator? I think she'll be very controlling about her public image, as she has been as a prime minister. So I think she'll be extremely selective over the sorts of issues that she gets involved in. And as as I say, I don't really think that that will come quickly. But if you think about it, it didn't actually come quickly with Key or Clark either, or even Jim Bolger for that matter. You know, they had other jobs that they knuckled down to and really only after a number of years then got involved in contributing to local debate. And even now, they're fairly selective in what they get involved in. Bill English has been really quiet. He's hardly said anything. He hopefully doesn't stay like that for too long, because I think he's got a lot to contribute, actually. Shipley occasionally gets involved in issues to do with women. Palmer is very happy to discuss constitutional issues. So I think Jacinda Ardern will have a lot to contribute Thanks for joining us, Audrey. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. You can follow The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.